Digital ad spending to exceed traditional in 2019, and Pinterest files for IPO. It's Monday, February 25th, 2019. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 352 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 352 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actionable insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and we have a couple stories to talk about this week, a couple of big ones. So let's talk about the first one, digital ad spending hitting a major milestone. So for the first time, digital ad spending is set to exceed that of traditional ad spending. For the first time ever this year, the the two-thirds of that digital ad spending, it's going to come from mobile. No big surprise there. That's where the most of the growth has been coming from. And all of this is according to the latest predictions from eMarketer. It's no surprise to see that the vast majority of ad dollars are going to be going to the Facebook, Google, digital advertising duopoly. But what's interesting is Amazon is coming on as really a third place contender almost out of nowhere because Amazon's presence is actually going to eat into the digital revenue leader, Google, by Google's revenue share by 1% this year. Not a big hit, but it's enough. Uh, On the traditional side, most of the digital growth is going to come at the expense of advertising and print and directory. So like I said, it's no surprise to see that this is where we're at. After all, things have really been trending this way for some time, but 2019 is the year like digital will overtake traditional. That's a kind of a big deal. But like I said, what's interesting is to see how quickly Amazon has come onto the scene. It hasn't been in the digital advertising game for all that long, and it's already coming on as a strong third player and a third player that's eating into the share of the Facebook Google duopoly. And it's doing so with some unique solutions only Amazon could deliver, such as samples and user shipments that are ads for products and Amazon moments that let app developers reward users for taking actions with free products. Those are solutions that are unique to Amazon. Advertisers can't really find them elsewhere because of Amazon's scale and wealth of products and inventory and able to deliver those products. That's something Amazon is uniquely poised to bring to the digital advertising space. All right, let's talk about this this next one. And this is going to be probably a story for the next six months or so because Pinterest has confidentially filed for an IPO with plans to list at the end of June. This will be the latest IPO for a major digital media platform since Snap. And it's predicted that, that Pinterest is going to be bringing more than bringing in more than $1 billion by 2020. And that's in the context of its latest valuation of $12.3 billion. Again, no surprise here to see Pinterest filing for an IPO. There have been rumblings of this for some time, but what is interesting is is what it can bring to the table as another public digital company. Pinterest offers a dynamic other platforms really don't. 
because it's really more akin to Google than it is Facebook, Twitter, and Snap. It is a search-driven platform. So if it can prove to advertisers its ability to drive conversions, just like Google did with search, it could potentially be a major player. I don't think it's going to appease advertisers from a user numbers perspective. That's something that has dogged Snapchat, something that has uh, dogged Twitter. So we'll see how, uh, how Snap how Pinterest is able to overcome that hurdle. But if it can deliver on conversions, that's going to be a big deal. All right, that's it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. Spotify announced that it will be leveraging Placed as a partner for offline attribution in the U.S. Currently, Spotify partners with Foursquare, Integral Ad Science, Moat, Nielsen, Comscore, and Digitalist for measurement. Place will be focused on measuring how well Spotify drives online listeners to offline locations. YouTube, they've updated their strike policy. So now first-time policy violators, they're going to receive a warning before receiving their first strike, which was the case before, before they just got a strike. First-time warnings, unlike strikes, they carry no penalties other than the removal of the content that sparked the warning in the first place. Anything that comes after the warning, though, that's going to be a strike, and after three strikes, the channel is removed. Twitter's efforts to improve conversations on the platform are taking another big step. Now users can apply to be beta testers for potential features, including redesigned threads, nested replies, and replies that hide recount, retweet counts. Apple's taking another step in becoming a a service business as much as, if not more than, it is a hardware one. So the company is partnering with Goldman Sachs to launch a credit card tied to customers' iPhones. So this means users will be able to track rewards, manage account balances, and set spending goals on their phones. And as hardware sales continue to flatten for the tech company... This is yet another avenue for Apple to generate additional revenue from its existing hardware base. Multiple brands have paused their YouTube campaigns after it was revealed advertisers including Disney, Epic Games, and Nestle were actually having their ads run around content being viewed and shared by pedophiles. The controversy was sparked when an influential YouTube user pointed out that YouTube was not monitoring content that on the surface seems innocent enough, such as kids playing, but that was actually being used by child predators who were then leaving comments on the videos directing others like them to worse content. YouTube has since disabled comments on tens of millions of videos and 400 channels have actually been removed. Law enforcement is also looking into the matter. The issue not only shows just how complicated policing these platforms are, but it also just raises more questions on whether or not YouTube can provide a brand safe environment and just a safe environment for everybody. All right. And in other brand safety concern news, the Los Angeles Times, they revealed that Facebook was allowing advertisers to target people interested in Nazis and neo-Nazi music. The revelation comes after Facebook has faced mounting criticism for its advertising practices and after it promised greater oversight. In fact, it actually promised that it started having humans review every targeting category in 2017. Facebook has removed these targeting parameters from the platform. All right, that is it for episode 252 of Brave Ad World. Those last two stories, kind of downers. Sorry about that. But before I let you go, I always want to hear from you. Send questions, comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, leave a rating and review of this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. Helps me know what you think 
and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally share my personal thoughts and insight on marketing. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.